you're listening to Church of Hope's podcast. Thanks for joining us. We hope today's teaching encourages and inspires you. Check out hopeinocala.com for more resources on this journey called life. Here's today's teaching. Sticks and stones may break your bones, but but names will never harm me. I wonder how many of us are limping through life because of a a name. Maybe it was a parent, coach, employer. Maybe it's your own brain calling you those names day after day after day. And what if this morning we could leave this space and reframe the pain? The pain of that name where someone said that you're not enough. And how day after day and week after week that identity has stuck with you. If you'll join me in your copy of God's Word in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, God speaks to this. God leans in. He wants us to know we don't have to stay stuck. The names that have been said, the words, perhaps in a lawyer's office as you were going through divorce, perhaps from a relationship or a financial transaction, that, that stigmatism that was put on you doesn't have to stay on you. A little context of where you are in the Bible in First Chronicles chapter 4, things are not good in Israel. Uh, quite frankly, they're in a season of hopelessness. The Babylonians are invading. Their freedom is fading. Most of them have no hope for the future. If you read through your Bible in a year, this is one of those chapters in the Bible where it's just name after name after name after name after name after name after name, and it's kind of like you're running late for work that day. It's like, oh, so good, I can kind of just scan it. Okay, on my way, because it certainly doesn't mean much. I know it's the Bible, but it's just a list of names. And then there is this holy speed bump. Not one of those soft little speed bumps in someone's neighborhood. I'm talking about one of those Mac Daddy ones that if you don't go slow enough, you're going to bottom on that speed bump. Notice what God says, 1 Chronicles 4 and 9. Jabez, all this long list of names, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of names, and then God says Jabez was more honorable than his brother's. Something significant. He did something different than all the other guys, all the other names that had been listed. You would think, right, that he must be tall and handsome and charming. He must have an incredible net worth. No doubt his ACT and his SAT scores are off the chain. No doubt he's in great shape. I mean, certainly this guy is a picture of success. And then go back to the Bible. His mama had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. And not just like labor pains, 
right? Not just like the, the pain of, of, of birth. Literally his name, the name Jabez means pain. Imagine what was going on in her life. We don't have all the backstory. I, I, I don't know, but she named this boy pain. I, I mean, he's showing up at his kindergarten class and they're going through the roster and they come to his name and, hey, pain, welcome to class. In our context, it's like us, right? Your, your baby's born, and if we got honest for a minute, there that baby is, all wrinkled up and gnarly, and you look at that baby and say, ugly. I'm naming that baby ugly, right? Now, I know you're looking at me like, that baby's not ugly, all wrinkled up and like that. Or, right, some babies that are born, and they pudgy. You know what I'm talking about? They got rolls that just go on. I mean, forget about roll tide. It's roll fat after fat. I mean, it's just pudgy. You know, it's kind of backwards. Little baby's cute when it's got all them rolls, but then we turn 40 and it's like, oh, right? And so little boy shows up, little girl shows up the first day of class at one of our elementary schools, and there it is, pudgy. Everybody welcome pudgy to class. Fatso or ugly or whatever, right? That's Jabez. This name had been put on him. He's out at the kickball field and they're picking up teams. The announcer at Friday Night Lights at the football field and their pain is on the tackle. Well, maybe contextually, that's a good name for a football player, right? But notice what he does next. And now we begin to get some insight of why Jabez was more honorable than all of these other names. Verse 10, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel. Remember, I'm teaching in this series, there's a difference between your emotions and thinking. Validate your emotions. How you feel is how you feel. Unfortunately, over the years, particularly in this context, right, as Christians, we're supposed to, you know, believe God, trust God, read your Bible more, pray more, and all those things are good, but they do not eliminate your emotions. Your emotions are real. Validate them. It's a great principle to understand with your relationships at home, at work. Too often we try to change someone's emotions. You really don't feel like that. I mean, come on now, right? Change, right? You cannot change your emotions, and you should not challenge your emotions. You validate them, and then the real work as we're learning in this series, is you pivot and you challenge how you think and you change how you think. So Jabez cried out. He's validating his emotions. He cries out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free. Listen to this. So that I would be free, free from pain. Imagine with me this morning, we walk off this campus, and that, that anxiety, that sense of worry, that, that, that problem that just goes over and over, that soundtrack in your mind over and over. We walked off this campus, much like Jabez, the ask to God is, God, would you free me from this pain? And then the conclusion of the matter, and God granted his request. Notice on the screen, Proverbs 4 and 23. Be careful how you think. Why? Because your life is shaped by your thoughts. 
This is God's word. But when you begin to study psychology, they will teach you that when you think a negative thought, there is a 4 to 9% chance of that negative thought becoming true. 4 to 9%. Just thinking about, she doesn't love me. I'm going to lose my job. We're going to go broke. I'm going to get cancer. If you move from thinking that negative thought to speaking it, this is the secular studies. This is from, from Harvard. 40 to 70% chance of that thing that you spoke becoming true. Perhaps you've read or heard of the story of this man. He worked for the railroad and, of course, unloading and loading the different boxcars. And you probably know this, that a lot of the frozen food that is delivered across the United States starts off in a boxcar, a chilled, frozen boxcar. This particular man, he was in his 30s. He had a couple kids, relatively good shape. On this particular day, accidentally, he locked himself in that chilled boxcar with all the other items. And then it pulled out from the railroad. He started to get nervous. He started to get worried. He's cold. He's shivering. And he begins thinking to himself, I'm going to die. I, I'm going to die. I am going to freeze to death in here. And so then he actually found some cardboard and he had a pen and he began to write out letters to his children, to his wife. His parents were still living and telling them how much he loved them and he was so sorry. A day later, they found him dead in that boxcar. What was confusing is the chiller in the boxcar was broken. And the temperature in the boxcar was 51 degrees. Literally, he thought himself to death. That's why the Bible says, be careful how you think your life is shaped by your thoughts. We can reframe the situation. Whatever the situation, what we're going to see in Jabez is he reframed it. You can reframe the pain. Romans 12 and 2, the Bible says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. This world has a pattern. Have you noticed? It's rather negative. It's not uplifting. And so you have to choose to follow after this world system or a better pattern, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's not a one and done. That's an ongoing process. The renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing, perfect will. We can reframe the pain. Okay, so we start. We're going to validate. You feel what you feel. You feel betrayed. You feel anxious. You feel happy. You feel sad. You, you, you have anticipation. Uh, you're, you're satisfied. Or you're angry. You're afraid. Uh, you're forgotten. You're disgusted. That emotion is real. You validate it. Jabez felt the pain. He cries out to God, but he doesn't stay there. You validate emotions. You value thinking. What so little of us do, thinking. 
right? Have you ever said this uh, to somebody about yourself or someone has said this to you? What were you thinking, right? We do something kind of crazy. It's a blunder and it's like, what were you? That's just it. You weren't. Most of the ills in our society, culture, our families is because you have felt something emotionally and from that spot, you step out in behavior and action. The pattern that we're learning is you validate, you validate those emotions, but before you step out and act, you lean back and value your thinking. Because when you challenge how you think, you change how you think, you begin to overcome your emotions. See, the way you think determines how you feel, and how you feel directs how you behave. It's just that simple. And let me just say this. I'm going to make this promise to you. If you stick with me, if you will lead with your heart, lead with your head, your heart will catch up. We often do the opposite, right? Hallmark movies, everything. You know, what's your heart telling you to do? Right? I mean, how do you feel about it, right? If you will learn, if we will grow together, and you will lead with your head, if you will value thinking, validate how you feel. I'm not telling you to minimize it, to get rid of it. Validate it, but we've got to learn how to think first, and our heart will catch up. So if you've got your number two pencil, you can write some things down. And let's just learn together, right? So again, back to the Bible. It says, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. So what we're going to talk about right now is, is how to reframe, how we can see it differently. And in the Marine Corps, like one of the ways they, they taught us as Marines was acronyms, right? We learned everything by memorizing you know, a long statement, but in one word. So the acronym this morning is the word LENS. Reframe the pain. Reframe the situation. How you see it. Let's change how we see it. So if you're taking notes, I'll, give you, I'll tell you where we're going, and then I'll come back and try to teach you. Is the L is lean into God, right? We often do the opposite. Uh, second, E, engage with the change. Instead of resisting, engage it. Uh, the N is neutralize the negative soundtracks. You've got negative. We all have negative soundtracks in our mind. And then ultimately the S is security. Secure yourself in Christ. So notice, notice what Jabez did first. He cried out to the God of Israel. He cried out. He leaned into God rather than leaning away from God. Our first mom and dad, Adam and Eve, when they took of that fruit and realized that they had sinned, right? They saw that they were naked, and the Bible says they were ashamed. They leaned out from God. They hid from God. They didn't lean into God. They became afraid of God. And a lot of us, we've made choices, or someone has said something, and it gets lodged in our brain, and instead of leaning into God, we lean out. And then we reach into all kinds of... of relationships, right? The emotion is real. You validate it. But instead of challenging in your thinking process, we lean away from God and we try to fix our emotions through a relationship, through a chemical, through a hobby, through work, dare I even say, through church. And understand this. No one named church died for you. 
Jesus died for you. Jesus Christ, God's son. And there's a lot of times you got pain, and so you lean in and think, I'm going to do more for God. I'm going to go to church more. I'm going to behave better. Somehow thinking that's going to neutralize those hurtful, painful emotions. Matthew chapter 11, the Bible says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover life. This is, this is the real cruise line. A lot of us go on cruises, right, to get away from it all. The problem when you go on a cruise is what? Is uh, you might get seasick. Number two, you eat a whole lot of food. You come back 20 or 30 pounds heavier, right? Here's the cruise line called Jesus Christ. And he says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. If you haven't leaned into following Jesus yet, these are the words of Jesus. That's, that's what you've been dreaming about. That's what we've been hoping for. That's where Jabez is. He's choosing to lean into God. He cried out to the God of Israel. He didn't take what his mom had placed on him, what the teachers and the coaches and his own failures and all the missteps. He decided on this day, I'm going to lean in. Why was he more honorable? Because he leaned in. He didn't just go along. He didn't just say, well, I guess I made my bed. I got to sleep in it. I guess this is how it's going to be. He understood there was a better way. If you're taking notes, here's a second thought. He says to God, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Oh, God, would you bless me and enlarge my territory. He's making a decision that's not very obvious initially, but it will be. He's engaging with the change. See, when you ask God to bless you, you're in this space. But to ask for a blessing, God bless me with a spouse. God bless me with children. God bless me with that house, that job, right? Your life's going to change, going from single to married, going from the two of you to having children, going from one responsibility to a job to another job, going from one house. When we say bless, when we say bless, it means how I'm currently existing, I want you to bless me. And notice next he says, and enlarge my territory. He, that, that's bigger. In other words, if, if you're managing a quarter of an acre and he gives you a half an acre, that's more. He's teaching us that we need to engage with the change. Too often, we are resistant of the change. We really don't want to change. Hey, we want all the success without any effort. We, we want our show up to be enough. Rather than understanding that we've got to embrace the change. It's not going to stay the same. Isn't it strange? The only thing in life that remains the same is change. The only constant in the universe is change. It's always changing. He's saying engage with it. When I made a decision on June the 3rd to marry, Lin marry Linda, before that day, I actually became engaged to her. 
It was in the parking lot at Grace Baptist Church in Brunswick, Ohio. I made a decision. Everything changed. I decided to engage her. I was saying effectively no to every other woman on the planet and yes to her. I was making an intentional decision. I was committed. I did not want my life to stay the same. I wanted to engage the change of becoming married to Linda. That's exactly what's happening here. I was talking to Coach earlier this morning, and he told me a story about a particular young athlete who wanted to be successful, wanted to become all-conference and all-American, but he was lazy. He wasn't always showing up and working his hardest at practice. They happened to live by a body of water, and one particular day, the coach had this young athlete and said, I want to I I help you achieve your goals. So they went out in the water, and this might sound rather abusive uh, to you. Um, in today's world, if Morgan and Morgan heard this, they probably would sue the coach. Uh, but the coach took this young athlete and put his head under the water and held it there. After a while, the bubble started coming up. After a while, the boy is fighting and he's, he's moving his arms. Just at the right moment, coach lets the boy's head come up. And the coach asked the young athlete this. What do you value most right now? And he said, my breath. And he said this. When you value the success as an athlete and the work that it's going to take to be successful as an athlete, as much as you did that breath right now, you'll become successful. And that's right where Jabez is. He, he's, listen, I'm going I'm to engage this change. I'm not going to conform to this world, the pattern of this world. I'm going to be transformed. That's an engagement of change. I'm going to renew my mind. I'll validate my emotions. Oh, but I am going to value how I think. Here's a third thing if you're writing it down. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge me in my territory. Right? Let your hand be with me. So here's the thought. Jabez was neutralizing his negative soundtracks. When he said, let your hand, listen, the hand of God in your life is going to be a new direction. It's going to be a, a new and different destination. When you invite God to take the wheel of your life, it's going to be different. And those negative soundtracks, the name he grew up, I mean, he had, you know, we all have that one funky uncle in our family, you know what I'm talking about? And man, he's making jokes at the Thanksgiving table about, you know, hey, pain, how you doing? Are you a pain in the neck or are you a pain in the... I mean, just, I mean, you could, this guy's been living with these one-liners and what people say, and he, he's just had enough. But here's the problem is this thing called our brain up here. Boy, it gets so negative when we start saying things about us. I, I, I know for me, I've shared bits and pieces of the story of my life. My mom and dad, they're both in heaven now. But there's a lot of negativity in my house. I, I often say about my mom, my mom, I, I really think, died from a broken heart. Um, technically, she had renal failure. 
Technically, she had early onset uh, dementia, but I really think it was a broken heart. See, my mom met my dad on her family farm in Hartford, Michigan, and two weeks later, against my mother's parents' wishes, she eloped. And her father, my grandfather Leitner, who I don't know, he's long gone, he disowned my mom. He didn't have her anymore. That name, unwanted. The decisions along the way, the, the, the pain, one decision here. Emotionally, there's my dad, he's handsome, we're falling in love, I'm going to say yes to him. And then that decision, and then but her dad, because my grandpa Leitner said, I didn't want you, that was a name he put on her. And you validate your emotions, but I wonder how my mom's life would be altogether different if she would have been like Jabez and she knew how to neutralize the negative soundtrack. My mom limped through the rest of her life. When my dad divorced uh, my mom in 1976, l- let me tell you, and some of you ladies know this, um, it was tough being a lady in 1976 in America and going back into the workforce. She had never worked. She had the typical typing class in high school and all of the things that, that, that my mom went through. And she was never able to really get free from those negative soundtracks. And I get it. I, my relationship with my dad, my... Um, I feel for my dad. My dad's dad, my grandpa Cummins, fought in the Second World War, lost his leg, and came back, and there's my dad. Didn't really know him. I mean, my grandma and grandpa had conceived my dad before my grandpa went to the war, came back, all the atrocities of World War II. And my dad never knew how to get free from the negative that was in his brain. And he chose chemicals, and when those chemicals got into my dad's body, it was not a, it was not a good time for anybody. And I remember over and over some of the words, and they got lodged in me. And for the most part of my life, I've never really believed that I'm good enough. Sort of a perpetual Rudy. If I would try harder, people would like me. If I do more. And then God decides to call me into being a pastor. And in case you've ever noticed, uh, being a pastor, not everybody's always happy with you. And so as a guy who's trying to please people, always trying to do more and be more. And those negative thoughts that just come in your mind over and over and over. I like what Matthew West penned in one of his songs. Listen to this. Tell me if this connects. Hello, my name is Regret. I'm pretty sure we've met. Every single day of your life, I'm the whisper inside that won't let you forget. Hello, my name is Defeat. I know you recognize me. Just when you think you can win, I'll drag you right back down again till you've lost all belief. Oh, these are the voices. Oh, these are the lies. And I have believed them for the very last time. And some of the things that I've done in my own mind, right? What's happening? Jabez is putting a new soundtrack. You don't get rid of those old soundtracks. Let me tell you, sticks and stones may break your bones, but names will never harm you. That name from third grade is still in your brain. That name that your spouse said to you, your parents said to you, it is lodged. It's not about eliminating the negative soundtrack. It's about placing some new tracks in your mind. 
some better tracks that go like this. Hello, my name is child. I'm a child of the one true king. I've been saved. I've been changed. I am set free. Amazing grace is the song I sing. Hello, my name is child of the one true king. I'm no longer defined by all the wreckage behind. The one who makes all things new has proven it true. Just take a look at my life. What love the father has lavished upon us that we shall be called his children. I'm a child of the one true king. King, you got to put some new soundtracks in your mind. And they're not, they're not always the most spiritual. Like, like I'll, 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 I've had to learn to say to myself over and over, and this might not mean anything to you, but it's meant anything, everything to me, is I've had to say, Mark, you're enough. Mark, you are more. When I start minimizing and, uh, who I am and what I got, I have to say, Mark, Mark, you're, you're, you're more than enough. I'll say, better and better every day better and better every day and i'm saying i might say that for like 30 minutes trying to push out that soundtrack validate that emotion i have felt betrayed i have felt less than but i am going to lean in and i'm going to value my thinking sometimes not very spiritual i would say things like this looking good feeling good you belong in hollywood looking good feeling good you belong in hollywood i mean you find your own but i'm gonna push back against those those negative things right you got this mark you got this mark you got this you got this you got this you got this right kind of kind of a kind of a thing all the times i would be saying like a short on the outside tall on the inside short on the outside I mean I take pictures with people I'm convinced we're the same height and then I look at the picture and I'm like who's that short guy short on the inside or short on the outside tall on the inside got to neutralize those soundtracks perhaps you've seen this it, it really is a sermon in itself of how you can reframe the pain how you can turn the negative soundtrack into a positive reality if you didn't get a chance to see this take a look oh look out This is really cool because as a pitcher, Bubs looks shaken up right now because of what he did. And look at Zay Jarvis. This is such great sportsmanship. He wants him to know that it's okay, that he'll be fine. Hey, Bob. Look at What a stud right there. Zay Jarvis. Pretty good, isn't it? Hey, only to the Christians in the house. When's the last time you went and hugged somebody who just beamed you in the head? I'm 100% convinced the mess that we are in the country of the United States of America in which I live has nothing to do with a political party. Nothing to do with the nonsense you see on TV. It has to do with those of us who claim to be Christians who don't act like it. 
the number one trait of a follower of Jesus ought to be when we get beamed in the head, when we get hurt, when someone says something that's wrong, that hurt us, instead of us building a case against them and social media and all the kind of crazy stuff we do, we walk to the mound of their life and we hug them. You're like, oh, Mark, that's not very practical. That's not very realistic. Exactly. And it's not very practical and it's not very realistic that God himself would send his one and only son and go to the picture mound of your life and my life and die on a cross and be buried for three days and come alive again. There is nothing practical about the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's miraculous and it's spiritual. Let me give you a last thing to write down. We'll be, be on our way. Notice the very last thing that he says. He says, and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. Literally in the Hebrew, the better way of phrasing this in English is this, keep me from me. He's using his own name, and keep me from harm. That word harm is actually the name Jabez. Keep me from Jabez so that Jabez will be free from Jabez. It's not your spouse. It's not your children. It's not your parents. It's not anything external. Our greatest source of pain is ourselves. That's why God came. That's why Jesus came. In John 16 and 33, Jesus says, I've told you all these things so that in me you'll have peace. In this world you have trouble. Why, why are any of us shocked if there's trouble in the world? See, We've played a very dangerous game the last 75 years in America. Coming out of World War II, we became the power of the world, militarily and economically. And quite frankly, from the middle 40s, we haven't needed God. We were the elite powerhouse in the world. And many of us as Christ followers have fallen more in love with America and the Constitution than with Jesus and the Word. There's trouble. And let me tell you, the only solution, look what he says, in me you will have peace. The peace is not in a bigger savings account. It's not in a bigger house. It's not in a change in marital status. The peace that passes understanding is in a personal, vibrant relationship with Jesus. That's why he says, take heart. Jesus has overcome the world. The most troubling emotion is death. Even when we as believers, in just a few moments, you'll be on your way and a few of us will be staying. Mary Elise Hurley, who was partner with us here at Hope, last Saturday she graduated to heaven. Her family will be coming on campus, and we will have her celebration of life. The greatest emotional pain in all the world is death. So much unknown. But there's only one person who's conquered death, and his name is Jesus. So whatever social ill, whatever relational health problem situation that you and I might ever encounter, it's real. You validate the emotion, but you value thinking. You lean back in and you think. Proverbs 3 and 26, the Bible says, For the Lord will be at your side and will keep your foot from being snared. 
I love what the Bible says in Romans 10 and 13. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's really all Jabez did. Why was Jabez more honorable than his brothers? Is he was the guy who raised his hand and he said, I'm not, I'm not going to keep living in this pain. Something's got to change. And so he called upon the God of Israel. He leaned in to God. He invited God's hand. Bless me. Expand my territory. My life's going to change. I'm going to engage this change. Let your hand be on me. I need you, God. I'm going to neutralize all this negativity. And then God, keep me from me. The things that I'm going to do. My security is not going to be in any external source. My security will be rooted in Christ. And so this morning, before we head on with the rest of our week, if you've never begun a relationship with Jesus, I would encourage you just like Jabez. In this prayer, use it as a launching pad to cry out to the God of Israel. Cry out to Jesus Christ. You can do that right where you're sitting, online. You can cry out to God. Say, hey, God, it's me. In your own words, in your brain, right? Hey, God, it's me. I've been trying to fix me. I've been trying to cover up. I've been trying to ignore all this. But I, today, invite you, Jesus, your hand. Save me. I've sinned. I know it. I believe that you died on the cross. And three days later, you became alive again. And today, I invite you into my life. And just like the promise that God gave Jabez, the Bible says, and God granted all that Jabez requested, I want you to know that if you are inviting Jesus Christ to save you today, God grants that prayer every single time. This room is filled with people who can testify that God has answered that prayer. I'd love to help you grow in following Jesus. You can see there's a number on the screen, and you can text the word, and we'll come alongside and, and help you. Well, you've been sitting for a while. Why don't you stand with me? I'd like to pray over us. Reminder that later today, tomorrow, the re weekend recap will be sent to you. All the notes. Christ followers, lean in, right? Lean in. Engage the change. Where in your life? Take that little acronym, right? And, and use it as family devotions this week. Use it in your workplace. Uh, listen, let's step out and make Ocala, Marion County better and brighter. Father in heaven, I love you. Bless and favor each man and lady that's here today. We are a group of Jabez's, and we all have different pain points, and pressure points, and stresses, and anxiety, and for too long, we've been stuck in these names that have been called and labeled us. And so today, by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit who lives in us, by the victory that we have in Jesus Christ, we step out and we reframe the pain, and we give you all the honor and all the glory. Bless each man and each lady. God, I say, walk off this campus believing that in you, Christ, there is victory. I love you. It's in Jesus we pray. Amen. Peace.